How can today's advisors shorten the sales cycle to become more efficient and more effective? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode is brought to you by MyEdge, the premier provider of Form 5500 prospecting solutions. Employee benefits, property and casualty, and financial professionals all rely on this affordable, easy-to-use, real-time search engine to find their target prospects in both large and small group markets. Visit www.myedge.biz for more information or click on the sponsor link at shiftshapersonline.com. Today we're speaking with Matthew Wood, who's Vice President of Sales and Technology at LIDAC. Matthew's a subject matter expert in a very important area. He's spent a lot of time thinking about how to reinvent what we'll call, for lack of a better term, the sales process. So with that, Matthew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's start at the beginning. Talk a little bit about what the traditional, if you will, sales cycle has looked like from an advisor point of view. So when you look at the employee benefits distribution process over the last 50 years, what we've found out is it hasn't changed very much. It could potentially take from two to six weeks in order for a broker even to get product out the door to their prospects and or clients. So when you look at the front end of the sales cycle, it's what we would consider to be called the RFP process. The RFP process today is inefficient, uh, it's time-consuming, there's a lot of account management work involved, and as I take you through that process, it's somewhat simple. I, I have a client or prospect, I ask them for information, so I go through a procurement process, which would consist of full census, or, um, contracts, bills, renewal letters, potentially experience. I have to break that down, put it into a readable format, and I send it out to those who I'm marketing to. Let's just call it the insurance carrier or the insurance carrier rep. The insurance carrier reps will then take that information, hand it off internally. There may be some back and forth between the insurance carrier and my office or the broker's office. And eventually, within five to 10 business days of the insurance carrier gaining the information that they need, they procure a quote. The quote could be 100 pages. Every insurance carrier provides it in a different format. And once that information comes in, it takes an account manager another week in order to break it down, find out that the RFP wasn't answered properly, put it into a readable format for my client, and then I'm able to bring that information again to my prospect and or client. And that process, just to get the information, the product that I need from an employee benefits perspective, takes two to four weeks, potentially six weeks, depending on how organized I am, how the information is flowing, etc. It sounds like a really cutting edge system if this were 1965. Is this about the last industry in the universe to fully embrace technology? 
Unfortunately, the employee benefits product distribution hasn't evolved. It's still very manual. Yet besides the fact that we are using email to communicate, it does have to be touched by five or six hands in order for me to get the information. So I would say, yes, we are one of the last industries that does not electronically distribute their product. And I'm talking about a specific size segment, small group under 500 or 250 lives, where the brokers are struggling with everything that's happening in the marketplace from ACA to compliance to commission compression. Uh, We're looking really for better, more efficient ways to do business. And it just hasn't happened specifically to the employee benefits product distribution. We haven't hit our renaissance. It's starting to happen when you look at all the exchanges popping up, but most of the exchanges are really taking into consideration the back-end implementation or enrollment process, not necessarily the distribution of the product. Yeah, and that's a big problem for advisors because you mentioned commission compression, and it's a real thing. And I don't suspect that that's going to abate anytime sooner. I know there is a group of people who think that somehow magically we're going to go back to the way it was. I am not. I don't happen to subscribe to that viewpoint. I don't think most of our listeners do. But the challenge for advisors is that between all of the steps that you just mentioned in the tr- more traditional product acquisition and sales process and the fact that there's tons more regulatory stuff for them to deal with now. I, I just saw a study that the average salesperson actually sells in big capital letters, about 37% of their time, which means that about two thirds of their time is taking up with non-selling stuff. And they're, they're caught in that vice where they've got to be delivering more value these days, but they can't afford to spend their time on things that aren't productive. Is that kind of where this 2.0 technology that you've been studying and that you've been talking about is going? Is that what that's going to help? We need to work smarter. We need to work more efficiently. We need to really consider the entire process of selling employee benefits from not only product distribution, but after the product is obtained, how do I communicate it to my client? How do I standardize that communication? How do I compare potentially multiple carriers? How do I then take that information and plug it into a back-end enrollment system? How is that back-end enrollment system then cleaning up not only the group application, but also the employee enrollment forms to prevent the questionings from becoming back and forth? And you know, traditionally, brokers, consultants go out, uh, they provide the enrollment forms on paper, the paper comes in, everybody until it gets all the way to the insurance carrier technically should be scrubbing those applications. It doesn't happen very frequently. And what happens is there's a constant back and forth. Everybody's looking for more information, understanding why pieces of information are missing. And then ultimately, how is that being provided to the insurance carrier on the back end? So when I, when I look at the process, I want to electronically distribute the product. I want to drive those products on an efficient electronic basis without touching it into an enrollment system. I want to allow the groups to touch and feel and answer specific questions, whether it's 
not actively at work questions or if I need to maintain my census in a specific way and confirm the information that's on the group application, all the way down to allowing the employees through contribution matrices, quote unquote, defined contribution models to select their products, to put in dependent information, statement of health, beneficiary designation, and then provide all of that information in a clean format to the insurance carriers. And assuming you can achieve that, does that now all funnel into step, we'll call it part two, not step two, where the employer after the sale can deal with that data more easily and more efficiently and effectively? Because I know the play for a lot of advisors, especially in the size of market that you're talking about, the under 250 and certainly the under 100, where you have employers who don't necessarily have HR departments, you know, they're looking for ways to try to make life easier on the back end. Are some of the newer systems taking that into account as well? There are newer systems out there that are taking that into account. I'd say where the rub happens is a lot of times those systems have a per member per month charge in order to manage. With that being said, when you look at some of the insurance carriers, they're developing great eligibility, admin, add delete systems from Guardian Anytime to MetLink to Aetna Navigator, which really serves an efficient purpose for these small groups who don't have the internal HR departments in order to maintain the eligibility. And I'm a true believer in packaging programs under one carrier, under one roof, which affords us universal effective dates and universal forms, claims forms, enrollment forms, the same underwriting process. So we package what what we do and we provide it to one carrier. So utilizing the carrier's internal systems is definitely an advantage for these small groups without having any other administrative charges. And now a word from our sponsor, MyEdge, the premier provider of Form 5500 prospecting solutions. Want to find prospects in your area without cold calling, but with a warm introduction from a network relationship or from the prospect's accounting firm? How about finding companies that are out of compliance on their Form 5500 filing? What if you could find prospects that are paying more than standard compensation for their products and services? It can be difficult to find dependable business intelligence for both large and small group markets. With MyEdge, you'll have the ultimate unfair advantage. MyEdge makes it easy to create a pipeline of only qualified leads. You'll set yourself apart from the crowd when you know how to build a targeted value-add strategy for the companies you want to work with. Clients and prospects always appreciate when their benefits consultants take the time to understand their employee benefits before they meet. Don't act and sound like everyone else. Learn more about this innovative prospecting solution by visiting www.myedge.biz or by clicking the sponsor link at shiftshapersonline.com. Now, you, you mentioned Guardian and, and Aetna. Are these new systems that are starting to come online dealing only with ancillary or voluntary benefits, or are they also dealing with core major medical so that an, an advisor has more of an end-to-end solution that's all-encompassing? Mm-hmm. Yes, those that do include the medical piece to it have an onboarding-type process versus an electronic distribution of that process, especially when we're talking about the online enrollment system. Even the medical insurance, everything is manual. 
So getting the product, basically it's manual. And the challenge from a medical perspective is how am I going to enroll? Yes, systems out in the marketplace do have the capabilities of enrolling the medical insurance. Most of the insurance carriers, though, under a specific size segment, are not allowing for the electronic intake because the group size, typically it's about 100 lives where they start taking electronic feeds from any type of third party from a medical perspective. You know, again, the capabilities from onboarding medical insurance and allowing them to go through the medical process would be printing out forms and then providing those forms to the insurance carriers as if it was done on a manual basis. Well, then we're back to 1965 again. Exactly. So let's kind of rewind a little bit. We talked briefly about the amount of time to client and then time to implementation that has been traditional. You, you talked about that in one of the first questions that you answered. What's that looking like today with, with some of these expert systems that are coming to market? What does beginning to end time start to look like and, and how much more efficient and effective does that make advisors? Again, depending on the systems that you're using, we feel that end-to-end solution based on quoting the product all the way to implementation is under 30 days or no more than 30 days. Okay? When you ask the insurance carriers today what their sales cycle and timing, they're talking 60, 90, 120 days in order for their business to close. Now, some systems are utilizing shelf-based programs which really doesn't help the marketplace when they limit the products, when they're not as concerned about the competitiveness of the products, uh, which will still solve for on the back end as far as implementation and selection from an employee perspective. But you really want to look for a system in the marketplace that drives product electronically, no manual RFPs with flexible quoting. I think that's one of the more important pieces, and then allow that information to drive electronically into the back-end enrollment. Define what you mean by flexible quoting. Maybe give an example. Okay. So if I'm dealing with an organization that has shelf-based programs, they may have one DMO and a couple of PPO-based programs, which are pretty much vanilla. What we found that the insurance industry has done is one of two things. First, is it's very difficult to underwrite without having a good understanding, especially on the exchanges, when you could potentially have one person selecting one carrier and another person selecting a different carrier and multiple products, and they're potentially managed by TPAs, et cetera. So the pricing structure is a little off. With that being said, when you utilize a system that has advanced quoting, I don't know, I'll use Guardian as an example. Guardian might have 10 to 15 different DMO products, depending on area, location, and network. If I only have access to one of them, I'm not necessarily meeting the needs of my client. With that being said, let's use MetLife as an example on a PPO-based product. They may have MAC programs or 80 or 90% UCRs and different annual maximums, deductibles, coinsurances when we're talking about dental. And if I only pinpoint one or two of those products, again, I'm not really providing my client with the consultative role 
which is what are the needs of you, your employees, how are they utilizing the benefits today, and how can we structure our product, our program, and pinpoint a good combination of not only the benefits but the premiums versus just saying, okay, here's two dental programs, here's a DMO PPO, select which one you want. If, if they don't make sense, well, that's just the way that it is. And I would consider that to be shelf-based product programs. It's interesting that the marketplace is moving so rapidly in, in the stuff that you study after having kind of been really stagnant and us doing it the same way for so long. I mean, we're, we're in an environment, I mean, the, as we're recording this, the big news on the tech side of the universe is all about live streaming via Twitter. And, you know, Meerkat was the king of the hill for about a week. And then Twitter bought Periscope, and now Periscope is the big thing. It seems to be changing at an even faster pace. Do you see that happening on the side of the marketplace, on the advisement and benefits side that you work on as well? Is that pace picking up? I would say the choices in the marketplace. I would say what's picking up is that there are now, instead of a couple of companies that are trying to revolutionize the employee benefits insurance vertical, I'd say there are now a couple of hundred. And when there's a lot of choice out there in the marketplace, everybody does something a little bit different. Some are specifically brokers, some are TPAs, very few are, are offering electronic quoting. Some who are offering the quoting don't offer the enrollment. Some think they have to be everything to everyone. What I believe is that you take a core competency, regardless of the organization, and you do that very well, and you take it as far as you could take it. And what will happen in the marketplace in five or 10 years as we move down this process, people will come together and solutions will emerge. I wouldn't say there's a leader in the marketplace when it comes to any of this, Based on not everybody does everything, I would say it's quite the opposite. Uh, everybody has their own spin. So unlike the example that you just gave, I'd say there are a lot of choices and not necessarily a front runner, especially on the larger size of the employees. And I would say there's a, a little bit less concentration on what we would consider to be the small group. So I want to see more where most of the businesses are. 90% of the businesses across the country are under 100 lives. Let's focus on how we can pick up transactional-based business, bring more value to our clients without the struggle of the administration. Earlier, you mentioned two-thirds of the broker's time is based on the sales cycle, not making the sale. So it's getting the product, it's enrolling the product, it's scrubbing the applications, and it gives me less time in order to find new clients. So that's how I would answer that. You know, for, for an industry that has not had an awful lot of disruptive innovation for a long time, it seems like there's an awful lot going on. And, it's, and this whole notion, as you point out, of having lots of choice in the marketplace for advisors and that choice creating a competitive environment that's driving innovation is really a good thing long term. So let's wrap up with a question that I try to ask most of the folks that we chat with here on Shift Shapers, which is, what do you see in the future? And you can define that as, you know, the next couple of years or even further out if you're daring enough to swing out that far. I would say over the next couple of years, you'll continue to see the trend of innovation 
options, technology solutions that pinpoint on either specific products, specific size groups, and specific backend functions. If I was going to really move out two, uh, three to five years, there'll probably start to be some consolidation. Those that are whose model or you know, the cream will float to the top, uh, sure. those will consolidate based on core competencies. I think in today's world, if you're trying to be everything to everybody, I think it's too much too fast. So over the next three to five years, you'll see those that are doing it right either come together or compete against each other. And I think there's a tremendous amount of room in the marketplace when you look from the ancillary side, a $7.5 billion industry, there's a lot of room for multiple organizations to touch the broker community and really support the broker community and try to change the way that we're doing business. Matthew, as the industry expands in this area, we hope you'll come back and chat with us again. Matthew Wood, Vice President of Sales and Technology at LIDAC. Matthew, thank you for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience today. Thank you. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of the Saltzman Group. We work with entrepreneurs, executives, and companies just like you to help shape the shifts in your business. To schedule a 20-minute call to learn more, visit our website at thesaltzmangroup.com or call me directly at 803-386-8005. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on our site, you can also click the podcast tab for the entire catalog of Shift Shapers episodes and to access some really great special offers. Give me a call at 803-386-8005 and learn how to put the secrets of the Ship Shapers to work in your business.